can't tell. Are you good enough? Are you too much? Are you too little? What do you mean? My my gains. Always get more I think gains. This is better. Always get more. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. This should be good. Today's the day. Lazarus is gonna be risen. Holy shit. <laughs> you excited? I'm excited. I was really into that whole part. <laughs> I was really enjoying it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, pals. Hey, buddies. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Bible, Bible study. study. The only time where the terms God and stoned actually lead to a good time. If you haven't listened before, awesome. We are a couple of former Christians. And what we like to do here is hash out what more realistically could be happening in these Bible stories. And ultimately what these characters might have been experiencing while living through all of this. Because we still know that there are great spiritual takeaways in this big book. But those have been muddled in way too much dogma for 2,000 years now. So, feel free to get your Bibles out, follow along. Or like in church, just listen and take our word as fact. Her name's Mary, my name's Justin. Now that that's out of the way, what you having today? I have some sour tangy today. Ooh, nice choice. Yeah, this is um this is by Crude Boys. Uh, it's a Crude Boys cart, which... I had Crude Boys, I think, in the last episode as well. I'm I'm really enjoying these carts. Good. My only problem is I'm going through them too quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having um, some flour that you got me way back for my birthday. <gasps> I haven't even opened it yet. It's the Monster Ooh! White Walker Kush. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited. I'm gonna, like, I unsealed the package and opened it. It's like very dry. Oh, yeah. okay. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I Monster used to be very high quality, and I'm finding I am not as impressed with their quality anymore. Like Trying to switch to I, like a big corporation size or something? Yeah. yeah. They, I feel like they've been on that road for a little while, and they've gotten to the point of caring more about quantity than quality. So it's like... Literally seven of the nine carts I had last from them, they just like were, <laughs> I don't know how to say this nicely. They were jizzing concentrate yep. <laughs> into my mouth. <laughs> Not okay. I didn't ask. <laughs> I didn't ask for that or consent to that. <laughs> but it's fucking true. I'm disappointed. So I'm not surprised that their flower is dry. Also... Well, I want to hear your reaction to this first. What? Just the first drag. Mm. Like a cigarette? <clears throat> like a cigarette? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like taste? Yeah, but I mean, that's that's probably me not cleaning it out perfectly, but. <laughs> Fair. Sweet, we got that rolled up nicely. That means it's time we refer to the Bible. Our current study follows a possible chronological order of Jesus' ministry throughout the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is episode number 27. Now let's start this by remembering what happened last time. So Jesus was at a wedding and he got real into this lecture parable about why people should choose specifically where they sit and why, how, um, at the wedding. And basically assume that you're the least like person to avoid the shame of thinking that you're better than you are. Oh, and he went into this whole thing about, so in, invite the poor and the crippled to your dinners rather than your friends and family because they can't pay you back. And it's this whole, like, I see it as a whole ego trip. Whatever, <laughs> it's fine. Jesus had crowds following him, and there were just too many, and he was like, fuck this. He was getting annoyed. So he was, like, getting real specific about uh, what it means to follow him. Oh, and then, you know, Pharisees start judging him for eating with tax collectors and sinners, and um, there's lots of parables about why they're wrong. 
Oh, there's a whole parable about this master's manager, and uh, he he's dishonest, and that's kind of the whole thing. So mm-hmm. if you want to hear about that, <laughs> tune in to last episode, because it is a whole ass thing. But Jesus calls them out anyway, because God knows their hearts. So for whatever money hungry reason that is, you can find out by listening to last episode. Okay, so then that's all fresh in your head now, so ready to go on with the rest of the stuff. I'm ready. So the first section is Luke chapter 17, verse 1 to 10. And this section, while it's a new chapter, just feels like it's a continuation of his last conversation he was just having with his apostles about Lazarus and the rich man. And he goes on to say in like some extra flowery language that shit is just going to happen in life and it's just inevitable. But uh, fuck you if you're going to make it happen in someone else's life. Yeah, dude. Straight up. Don't be a fucking antagonist. (laughs) And he adds on to that, like, even if this person is someone really close to you, you you have to rebuke them and stand against them. Yeah, honestly, okay, it was that. It was that that made me realize there are so many more non-Christians who live by these rules. (laughs) Then there are Christians. <laughs> That's fucking crazy to me. Like, you see your family leaving, living these harmful, like, well, these hurtful lives. Pe- th- these lives that, yeah, lifestyles that hurt other people. Right? Yeah. Um. So you, like, cut contact or severely reduce contact, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. It's like... That's what they're told to do. And then they're out here saying how ungrateful you are for doing that. Yeah. It just gave me a huge epiphany when I was reading it. I was like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he he's, he's is very strong about this. Like, you're, you're right. But then he's like, okay, but don't be a cold-hearted bitch and just close them off. Like, if they want to work and come back, you have to let them. Like, oh. Mm-hmm. This is the part where he's like, you know, eating like seven times a day. Yeah. Damn. That's really validating. Yeah, but do you always have to let them? But that's the thing. I I don't know. For me, I always viewed it like there's always the ability to come back if you if the the person actually genuinely makes mm-hmm. the changes. I feel like there's always room to come back. So I see that as yeah, like Fair his apostles are like jesus can you just like give us the faith so we don't even have to deal with them constantly coming back and just repeating this cycle just just like that and he's like it it, another mustard thing seed thing because it's not about the size you just need the tiniest faith in someone for them to be able to like make that change like no matter how deeply rooted that is because he talks about trees Mm mm-hmm the mulberry tree. Yeah, that was a short little, like, two-verse blurb reaffirming mm-hmm. the same analogy he's used a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Okay, but then there's, like, a weird jump. He's supposed to talking to his apostles, and he's like, which of you have servants? And it's like, I don't... Maybe a couple did. Maybe Matt did. I can see Matt probably had some. Anyhow, he, he, he then goes on, he's... Okay, is that servant's master going to, like, come home and jump for joy because he finds out that he did what he told him to do that day? And it's like, no, okay, then if you expect that of a human servant, and then you say that you're supposed to be a servant of God, then how come you are doing the same thing, like doing the bare minimum and expecting to be just rewarded one day? Yeah, okay, I didn't see that as, like, a reward. Because the way that mine was worded, it was just talking about thanks and, like, recognition. I think in my brain that just all goes under, like, how to, like what a teacher would do to reward you. Yay, sticker or something, you know. Yeah. No, I feel that. I feel that. I guess my brain kind of just jumps to more of a physical, <laughs> like, <laughs> big thing when I hear reward. That's my high reward sensitivity yeah freaking the fuck out saying (laughs) rewards are big damn it (laughs) 
to me, it, I would, I would verbalize that as validated rather than feeling rewarded. And I think that there is a difference because in a sense, validation is kind of a reward, but it's not a traditional reward, I guess. So I feel like that almost is, it does. Yeah. I think that it deserves its own, okay. its own thing. I'm not fighting you on this. Like, I, I'm not. <laughs> that's not what I'm <laughs> trying to do. Because the way I viewed this is like, this parable is saying follow God with no expectation of recognition or thanks. It's like, if I'm at work and I'm doing my job, it's nice when my boss comes over and says, hey, you're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm just doing my basic normal work, like that feels good. That empowers me and motivates me to keep working and probably do even better because I see that what I'm doing is being noticed and it's validated. So this is specifically a master and a servant that he's talking about. And that's often used when talking about God and humans. And I fucking hate that. That's honestly one of my biggest issues is we are viewed as servants of God. And that's not something that Christians are going to debate because they agree. They proudly are servants of God. But really, that's that's disgusting. That's disgusting. We're slaves. We're slaves to God is what that means. And that's really sad that somebody would be proud, <laughs> would be proud of that. But I mean, going into that, we are just kind of slaves to the universe, though. To an extent. But that was oh that little God. section. I mean, did you have anything yeah. else? <laughs> no, sorry, I took it so deep. <laughs> it was literally <laughs> ten verses. Well, if you don't have anything else, then I mean, you can go on to the next. All right, here we go. This is... John chapter 11, verses 17 through 46. So, our boy Lazzy, Lazarus, he died. And he was dead for four days by the time that Jesus got to Bethany, which is where him and uh, Mary and Martha, as I, I refer to them as Eminem pretty much <laughs> now. That's where Eminem and Lazzy lived. So Jesus got there like four days after, and there were Jews that had come to M&M's to pay their respects. Because of that, they kind of traded out going to see Jesus. So like at first, Mary stayed with all the people who were coming to see them, and then Martha went to meet up with Jesus. And she gets there, and she's kind of salty. She's like, why didn't you stop my brother from dying? You, you could have stopped this if you were here. Jesus says, you know, he's, he's going to rise again on the resurrection of the last day. Like, he'll, he'll, be, he'll be alive again. And he, he goes into, like, all those who believe in me will, will rise again, and those who are living. And yeah, so he, he goes into a whole thing about that. Um, yeah, so after he gives her, you know, starts talking about, like, those... Those who believe in me will die yet live. He asks her if she believes. And she's like, I mean, yeah, of course. And she, she like falls at his feet. Mm-hmm. That's when uh, he sends her to go get Mary. And so they, they do their swap out. Okay, that whole interaction with Martha read very differently to me. She, you didn't see her as salty, huh? No. I think I kind of added some sass to that. I don't yeah. think it was presented as salty. For me, it seemed like she was comforting him with it. Like, I know, if you were here, things could have worked out differently. But you couldn't be here, and you're still a good person. She still believes in him. And Jesus is like, no, your brother will rise again. And as Martha saying more like, yeah, I know, he will rise again at the end of the days of the resurrection and stuff like that and then jesus is like you know if, if you're listening there there is no day off out there i am saying i'm this because just like he's like i'm the reckoning or anything else it's like i'm deciding like we're gonna progress now or something no that's i i totally see where you're where you're coming from on that mm-hmm. 
I did not read it that way, but I absolutely see how you got that. And, like yeah. and and where you got that that makes sense. Is like with the cuz Jesus doesn't know where Lazarus is, so he's he asked Martha like where is he? She's like no, leave it alone kind of thing. And, yeah. Like but she didn't get in his way because like well, yeah. I'm just not going to be a part of this. Yeah, pretty much. Wow, okay. I didn't I didn't see it that way, but that is probably what fucking happened. Because <laughs> that is that also very much lines up with like where I got what I got to about like where Jesus is at mm-hmm. emotionally and in his grief. Um, because damn, if I know something, I know about grief. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very good at picking out where like where people are at in grief. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I yeah. I don't think that Martha was actually salty. I think I portrayed her that way, but I don't think it was written that way. Is it because a little bit of the last time we read about her where she was like trying to take care of Jesus? Yeah. 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 I just was trying to keep the spice (laughs) in her, but she's not being spicy here. I was, however, viewing this as very much like um, a combination of denial and bargaining stage of grief, Um, thinking like... Definitely. Not necessarily being like how could you have not been here? Like, he would have been here. Not like an anger thing, but more like, man, things could have been different. Mm. And this sucks. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I was viewing it. And I could still see that. But I like I like where you got with that better. Okay, going back to where, like, Martha is comforting him, and Jesus is like, no, I want to bring him back. And she's like, this is like, is she realizing, like, this isn't a good idea? Like, she's like, because she's, she's still saying like he's a good person you know she believes he's doing the right thing but like if you do this you're gonna get caught and your whole mission is is done with meanwhile he's you know already just feeling the regret of even going on this stupid mission in the first place because he should have just been home and nothing would have happened to his friend while he was there right okay yeah i think that's more of that regret that denial what even stage would that be? Apparently, there's more than the, the like, what, five stages? I thought it was seven. There's like, oh, maybe it is it might five. might be seven. I don't know anymore. Is it a dozen now? It's either actually seven or it's actually ten. I just can't remember if the traditional is five or seven. <laughs> also, to put a better word to it than I was putting to it, which kind of is the same, um... Confirmed, it is seven stages of grief. Oh, okay. And the specific one that I'm pegging him at here is pain and guilt, which Mm -hmm. is listed second, but I am not buying into the bullshit that there are sets like... Orders. Orders, yeah. No, there are not orders. It's all messy. (laughs) You can experience multiple of them in a day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I, I see him right here at that pain and guilt. He's feeling guilty, like, what was he doing? He was on this mission. He could have just been home, mm-hmm. and this wouldn't have happened. Oh, the the mission wording. Okay, kind of like, yeah. that marked me back to, you know, several episodes ago, back in John, when he's telling his apostles, like, we need to go, or, you know, for your sakes, be glad I wasn't there. That kind of, uh, that made that make more sense. Like, you know, you wouldn't have been able to do all this if I didn't decide to <clears throat> leave. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So after that, Martha goes back to be with the people who are coming to visit them, and Mary goes to meet up with Jesus. And Jesus was still outside of the village at this point, but some so some of the people who were visiting, they followed Mary because they thought that she was going to Lazarus's tomb to just be with him and and cry. I mean, that's a very natural thing to do. <laughs> so they followed her and I, I can't I can't even portray this the same way I wrote it because I'm so stuck on what you said. It's it's totally that. So in verse in verses thirty-three through thirty-seven, this is kind of where things took a turn for me because like again, I was seeing this as Mary and Martha were upset that Jesus didn't bring Lazarus back from the dead. Not upset with Jesus, but upset with with the fact that that could have been a reality. Well, if 
not even bring him back sense? from the dead, but just not even let him die in the first place. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> okay, so this is where things took a turn for me. Um, Jesus saw that Mary and the people, I, I, <laughs> I called the people who came with her her followers. Um, <laughs> I don't mean that in like a they were like she was a mentor to them kind they of way. Followed I just her. mean they <laughs> they, they literally followed yeah. her. <laughs> um, so Jesus saw Mary and her followers weeping, and and what mine said was that his spirit was deeply moved and greatly troubled. I am very conflicted about the fact that Jesus' spirit was greatly troubled. This isn't the first time of that, though. Mine always uses the word groaned in spirit for those parts. And that sounds to me kind of like, at your core, you are just done with this situation. Like, you can't handle it anymore. So with that, it just seemed that he was pissed that Mary showed up with the, all her followers and, and had to go through all this, this grieving in this process, like, in front of everyone. Right. But the, the, what I'm saying is then... How do you know that he meant just Mary and that he's upset about all these other people? Because I didn't see it that way at all. I think it was just like the implied secrecy of Martha going out on her own. And then when she gets back, she whispers secretly to Mary that it's her turn now. But fair enough. Mary okay. jumps and skedaddles out of there and all the Jews are like, what's going on? Follow her. Right. I mean, that makes sense. I just, I didn't see him being mad or upset with, with any of that. I mean, that was like my initial humanizing read. I did actually have something else because the yeah. way, like, so I had the way I read groaned in spirit and that and everything. And then my Bible now, it was saying it was, it was a deeply moved, but like a energizing thing. So then that made me read it as like, a, oh, you know, Martha didn't really believe in him. So then, you know, Mary and all these other Jews were like believing in him. And that supercharged him enough to be able to do it. <laughs> and that's why, you know, he's like, fine, just go get your sister. Oh, my God. That actually fucking works. Listen, okay. <laughs> We've talked about this in previous episodes, but I believe the Christian God is an egregore. Which, just as a recap, if you're just tuning into this episode, an egregore is a deity or a being that comes into existence because people believe in it. The Christian God created people to literally worship him. That's where his power comes from. So, in this sense, Jesus being like actually a piece of God that also would make him an egregore, which honestly, he'd be an egregore regardless. Um because of the belief people have in him. So that actually fucking makes sense. <laughs> he needed people to believe in him for it to in work. order to perform his abilities. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. Yeah, so then that moved like the, you know, oh gosh, can I just grieve in peace? You know, it's like, okay, you want me to read it like this Bible? He's like, yes, look at that crowd of sad people. <laughs> and they're all like, we believe you can do it, Jesus, if only. Oh my god. Bro, I'm changing my major to folklore. <laughs> changing my major to folklore. And I'm minoring in theology. Oh my god. I'm so excited about that. That became my new favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So then, now having this whole troubled feeling. So to me, I know I bring this up a lot, but I'm going back to it again. Like When he was gathering his disciples, he told them, Leave the dead to bury the dead. That was his thing. Mm -hmm. Because there was one who wanted to stay to bury a loved one. That was his response. And I took very deep issue with that in the, in the moment. Because even if I understood where he was coming from, he was still fucking wrong. And so the reason I'm coming back to that is I feel like this is the first time he truly understood why that was bullshit because when you love someone deeply you those last moments are more than precious they are the most important moments in the fucking world and even in after like even in after death stage after they have already died just sitting with that 
with them or in their space is a lot. Mm -hmm. It means a lot. And to deny that is to deny a, a, a piece of yourself, is to deny what the relationship you had was. Um, and I feel like this is him, this is Jesus understanding that for the first time. And I think it's really scary for him. And it's really weird to think about Jesus as being scared. But I see him as scared and overwhelmed right now. Um, okay. He's, yeah. he's grieving. He doesn't know how to handle it. He has not lost someone this close to him. And yeah, I think that's where he's at right now. I think he's sitting here questioning why he didn't save him. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that right now, Jesus is going through some serious spiritual and emotional battle well, he, turmoil. He was just a man. He never said he was anything more. He still is going, yeah. this is just normal stuff. And so we have this well, example yeah. of him doing this. It's just bizarre because even though we know he's human and God, just like, human. he's, well, okay, but you know what I mean. <laughs> What's taught? <laughs> like, it's still shocking to see him in these kinds of states because we don't really humanize him very much. We just don't. No. I mean, you and I do, <laughs> but Jesus is not very humanized. And so seeing him in such a heavy, deep state of grief is kind of jarring and it's kind of weird to think about. Like, <laughs> it's weird for me to think about at least. I don't know how anybody else feels about it, but like, I don't know. It's it's weird th thinking about heroes grieving. Like, Jesus has always been like Every the- Every hero has the, grieved though. I know, but it's weird to think about their actual process. Like, mm -hmm. you can know that they've gone through it without like really thinking about what that process looked like for them. I think that's what most of us do because grief is so different for everyone yet it's so similar i i think like this though like it, it also you know reminded me like other greek myths and things like that too though yeah like just the style of writing here things like that they they do in a way go through those feelings of grief like they okay i could totally see that i feel like the greeks were really good about being real mm-hmm and that's why they liked <laughs> they were this. Really, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think they they did a good job with that, better than a lot of cultures about <laughs> about. Um, I don't want to even say than a lot of cultures. Um, a lot of mainstream popular beliefs. So he's feeling all of these big feelings, and at this point, he asks them that you know Mary and, and her followers like where Lazarus is and they said they would take him to his tomb so they show him and he wept shortest verse in the whole bible I think it's <laughs> verse 35 but he wept and I think that I honestly think it's really beautiful that the shortest verse in the bible is a very impactful verse because of its context because right now he is so human he is weeping over the death of a good friend. And I think that is so real. Mm -hmm. And I really like any moment that we see Jesus being human, <laughs> where he's not just being portrayed as this amazing, omnipotent being, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I remember um, for that, the, the Jesus web thing, like the, the popular thing growing up was just showing him as just like breaking down and crying and just just like this is like a furious passionate thing but like even in my bible note here it's like this is like an inward he's shedding a few tears he is very moved but like the words it seemed more it was supposed to be like a he's still trying to stay strong yeah at this point because it's not done yet for him mm -hmm. there's more to it so he's yeah Grieving what's there, mm -hmm. for sure. And Mary's followers, they're like, see? See how much he loved him? <laughs> are they mocking him? What is? What exactly are they doing with this? So I, I thought about this. I think the reason for this is because people who had, who were very ill, who had like leprosy or any other disease, 
really. They were seen as unclean, meaning they did something wrong to get there. So I have a feeling if Lazarus died because he was ill, Mm -hmm. people probably just talked shit just because he was sick and said, you know, like, he must have done this horrible thing to have this, this misfortune. And I saw this as them saying, like, this is proof, like, this is proof that he was a good, holy man. Jesus is here weeping over his death. And yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe that's that's more deep than it was, but that's how I viewed it. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Kind of just clearing his name, I guess. <laughs> okay, where I go from here. Just touching base on that, you know, where he's at feeling of this is overwhelming and he's finally feeling this grief and... <laughs> understanding grief for the first time he's realizing when it's his own loved one it's too much Mm -hmm. it he feels like he should have done something so he's going to do something i think that he's in a bargaining stage here and he knows he can do something like when they took him to lazarus's tomb mary not mary martha was like mary it was martha martha state is still back at the house i swear to god it said martha because I remember being like, wasn't she at home? I guess it says Martha. I don't know. Oh my gosh, you're right. Sorry. I was Isn't like, that weird? Yeah. It is. She, okay, Martha's like, well, fine. If everyone else is leaving, I guess I better go too. Yeah. Okay. If, if this is happening, I guess I'm going to be there. <laughs> Mary really didn't say anything. Yeah. She's in shock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Martha was like, it's going to stink. When you open this tomb, <laughs> he's been gone for four days. Do you know what decomposition smells like? <laughs> and Jesus was basically like, did I stutter? Uh, so <laughs> I mean, sometimes you got to see the body. Yeah, facts, facts. So they opened the tomb and Jesus prayed. And, and he also asked God that this would make the people over there believe that he is who he says he is and i just thought that was interesting to add i'm like man is this for you or for lazarus <laughs> you know mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah which either way i think it's for him because he's pumping himself up yeah if it's for gaining reputation it's for him if it's because he can't cope with the fact that his friend died it's still for him mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and uh yeah so jesus after he prays he tells lazarus basically well i can't remember did he tell him or did he just stand up he he says like he came wake out. up okay yes because that's what he was going to do before i gotta go tell him to wake up <laughs> yeah so he tells him to wake up and he comes out he wakes up and he's got <laughs> the linens and stuff on him and jesus orders them like to unbind him so lazarus is back Okay, so realistically, what do you think would would he have had or would happened, like how he would have brought him back? Like all I like, I'm thinking either some crazy narcoleptic shit or even crazy diabetes. So, okay, this might be a long shot, but I'm going on your theory here that you've had throughout throughout this whole series that this is all Jesus's death scheme. Like, this is a plan that he's been planning. Mm -hmm. So, you remember in Romeo and Juliet, there was this potion, not a potion, but something they would drink or eat. I don't remember. Potion. Yeah, it made them appear dead. Mm -hmm. But they weren't actually dead. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that is exactly what the fuck is happening here. Yeah, it's really <laughs> hard to not just get away from that. Like, he's his best friend. And he yeah. tells us guys, hey, we gotta go wake up Lazarus now. <laughs> Give him two days. Yeah. Like, then that's just like all this grief is fake. Yep. Mm-hmm. But that also makes sense because he's... This is his he's goal. He's presenting... <laughs> yeah, he's presenting the the main, like, initial stages of like common stages of grief to sell it like people can do that Mm -hmm. people can fucking do that i know i've said all this shit about like oh my god and he's come so far and he's having all these realizations Mm -hmm. but like i'm looking at every fucking angle here yes okay so there is absolutely 
a reality where this is all bullshit. (laughs) Uh, And he was faking all the grief. Um, And this was all a Romeo and Juliet, you know, without the the cringy romance. Um, Yeah, people, I think we said before, like, people have always been very bad at telling when people are actually dead. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. For real. So, yep, that's where I'm at. I think that this was all a big fucking scheme. (laughs) I think it was, I think that Jesus and Lazarus were the only two in on it. Mm-hmm. And that was probably traumatizing as fuck for Mary and Martha. Mm-hmm. Because fuck, unless they were in on it. And that's why Mary was quiet the whole time because she couldn't talk. Yeah. Because she felt guilty or because she would blow their cover. And Martha was just like, yeah, it's all set up. Jesus, it's good to go. I believe in you. You got this. <laughs> yeah. And that's why she's like, oh, are you sure? It stinks. <laughs> yeah. Because that was my thing, too. And it never comes back to any smell at no, all. No. And the whole talking so, out loud and all that stuff. Yeah. 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 So, I am quite sus on all of this. <laughs> I only just came to this realization as we've been talking. None of that was in my notes. Oh, okay. Um, wow. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, anyhow. Um Okay, the only thing is just like to comment on how long it took him to get there now because this this chronology by Mr. Fawcett put quite a bit in there when it was and then my Bible note right here was like it was only a day's trip to get there. It's like he did quite a bit in a day. Uh-huh. Also, my Bible like specifically in the verses says that that Bethany which is where Lazarus and Martha and Mary are is only like two-ish miles from Jerusalem, which is where he was coming from. And then, oh, yeah, yeah no, more Bible note was like, he just traveled through like the back of the Mountain of Olives. It's like, well, then you are, why are you sponsoring like this other chronology that's not making sense with the notes that you're putting in? <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. There, There's a little fuckery happening here with the chronology, mm. cron, 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 how do you say it? Chronology chronology chronicleology chronology chronicleology um yeah yeah the fact that it's only two miles <laughs> from where he was to where he was going and it was such dire matters well he wasn't at Jerusalem because he had he ran away to somewhere around but wasn't he like right there he was he was like he's not getting far no right just like so yeah it's just it's not far it's not far i think that he that that's why i think he feels so guilty right now because he has always had this mentality of leave the dead to bury the dead Mm -hmm. and that is shitty it just is and i think that when he experienced it for real he realized the gravity of all of that and so that's where the guilt is coming from. Like, he was just kind of fucking around, getting his way to Bethany. And when he got there, it was so late. It's insane. Mm-hmm. And then just to close this little section, not little, this was the largest section. To close mm-hmm. this section off, um, a bunch of Mary's followers believed after this. Like, they believed he was who he said he was. They watched this miracle happen. Mm-hmm. But then some of them were like not cool with that they went and tattled on him to the pharisees so then the the next section john eleven forty seven to 54 you know we were saying the the word gets back to the pharisees and then they're like shit now he's doing he's raising people from the dead everyone's gonna believe him and then rome's gonna invade us and then <laughs> they're just going crazy and some guy named i can't say his name Caiaphas? Chia? That's about Yeah. That's about what I thought too. And he's like, calm down, everyone. There's a simple solution. We kill him. Yeah, let's just kill him. Yeah. It'll be fine. And the right <laughs> and John the writer takes a break to be like, see, this was prophecy. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. The narrator steps in. Mm-hmm. It's just Morgan Freeman. It would make sense if it was Morgan Freeman. Yeah. You think Morgan he Freeman is good... it's John? 
No, but he plays a good narrator, narrator for biblical biblical themes. <laughs> it's like God narrating, you know? Yeah. Like in, what was it? Evan Almighty or Bruce Almighty? It's one of those two. Uh, both. <laughs> both? Yeah. Fair enough. That's right. I remember now. Anyways. <laughs> My question was like, why are, are they just that stressed out about everything? They're just jumping to Rome invading? Or was Jesus actually like supposed to be affiliated with Rome somehow? Okay. Okay. I had something for this, I swear. Damn it. I didn't write it in my notes. Okay. So what I think that maybe I was onto there was that believing in in Jesus and believing that he is who he says he is, is taking power from their government mm -hmm. because of their government's ideologies and belief systems set in place already. Um, it was blasphemous. So by that happening, by people, by more and more people believing in Jesus, it's then creating this whole power complex between Jesus versus the government. And that's where the Romans swoop in and they're like, well, you fucking lost your power and you're ours now. <laughs> that's kind of where I, I think I happened. was taking that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. But. But anyways, like, okay, so after they, he proposes to kill him, like, you know, they have lunch dates every day where they figure out how they're going to do it. And Jesus then runs off to a place called Ephraim to hide. Ephraim. <laughs> yeah. And it says he doesn't go to Jerusalem or among the Jews anymore. And that makes chronology after this kind of weird. Uh-huh. I freaking <laughs> agree. Especially with the first sentence in my next section of notes. <laughs> I don't think I have anything else for that section. Do you have anything? No. Okay. It was... Just like a, a scene cut on the last thing. Yeah. Ever since I started picturing this like Romeo and Juliet, I can't stop picturing it like a Shakespeare play. I mean, it's supposed to be a story like that. Like, Yeah. So we get into our next section here, which is Luke seventeen eleven to 19, which makes the end of the last section not make any goddamn sense. <laughs> <laughs> So Jesus was passing through Samaria and Galilee on his way to Jerusalem. So like, what was all this about not going to Jerusalem anymore? All of that. That was a whole thing. Yeah. We're just forgetting about. Okay. I mean, he goes back eventually, so. <laughs> well, yeah, but he's on his way. <laughs> I know. Immediately after in the chronological <laughs> listing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, Why? Like, um, after 2,000 years, these are the kind of things I would expect your religion to kind of have figured out. Yeah. yeah literally. <laughs> it's been 2,000 years and you haven't worked out this detail yet. That's why I can't trust it. <laughs> There's too many of those things. Also, your book has been mistranslated so many times that it's not infallible, which completely contradicts the entirety <laughs> of your fucking religion. <laughs> Sorry, I went off your, the handle there. Your camera there. did like a little dramatic zoom at the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I didn't know it did that. That's fantastic. Oh, you're not um, on your iPad. No. Oh, yeah. Nope, this is my yeah. webcam. Anyways, so <laughs> Jesus yeah. is on his way to Jerusalem. <laughs> and uh, he enters this like this village when he's going, like when he's passing through Samaria and Galilee. He enters this village, and he is, like, pretty much immediately met by ten uh, lepers. They're, like, they're just begging for mercy. They're maintaining their social distance, you know, they're being respectful. He tells them, show yourselves to the priests. Go and do that, and you'll be cleansed. So they, they turn, and they go to the, they go to walk towards <laughs> the priest, and they were cleansed. They were clean cured pulls a little and jesus one... prank yeah straight up <laughs> he was like ha made you look you thought i meant actually go there i just meant start going there <laughs> literally physically turn to go there and so one turned his back and was started like praising god and fell on his face at the feet of jesus and he's like holy shit thank you and 
then Jesus is like, wait, 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 wait. There were 10 of you and you're the only one <laughs> who actually thought to thank me? You bastards. Yeah, he's a little salty about that. Which also made me think about in the first section we talked about today where there's that whole following God with no expectation of recognition or thanks. Yeah. It made me think of that because I'm like, okay, but isn't that just his job? Oh. Isn't that Jesus's job to come here to help us? Yeah, but see, because he's the God and it's our job then to be one of that, that one guy that comes back to thank him. Be no, grateful. listen, he, <laughs> in this form, he is human. He does not get that pass because he's fucking human here. He is doing his job. He is fulfilling his duty to Earth. That is literally what he was brought here to do was to save and heal people. And now he's getting all salty in the same general time that he just went off about people need to stop expecting thanks and now he's like why the fuck did you why why were you the only one to thank me what happened to the other nine those ungrateful <laughs> bastards <laughs> this is sassy jesus coming out sassy jesus is back yeah anyways that's how it ends Jesus is sassy. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's he's sassy, but then, you know, he he encourages the the one that thanked him, which my Bible pointed out was like, oh, it was a Samaritan that thanked him. Mine also brought major attention to that fact. <laughs> I'm like, no shit. You mean literally in a village right outside of it, of, of <laughs> Samaria? I took Jesus a little bit more sassier in the beginning because they're like, you know, please heal us or whatever. And Jesus is like, I'm busy. Go actually see the priest. Don't just stand out here waiting for someone to come by. Yeah, straight up. Like, there's people who do this already for you. Go to them. <laughs> I have other people to help. Also kind of goes to, okay, you know... They're outside the city. How long have they been outside the city? They're probably fine enough to go back because you're only supposed to be outcast for a certain amount of days. And she just like, he just sees like, you're cool. Just show yourself to the priest and you're, you're allowed in. And it's like, and they just go in and, you know, they, it's not that only one noticed that it was healed. Like they all notice and they're like, oh, cool. I'm actually feeling better. I'm fine. I can, I'm walking around and doing stuff. And they just go home. They go about their day. They don't even go to the priest, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, honestly, they probably all went back to their families and were like, let's fucking celebrate. <laughs> I'm back, bitch. And that's what I like to think happened. So I don't know if he's yeah, really encouraging him entirely at the kind of is, but still with that sassy tone, because, you know, they were already all right. And he's like, you know, you keep going. Your faith has made you whole. You have already done this. Like, don't thank me for this. I didn't do yeah. anything. I didn't do shit. See, that that puts the sassiness another way. He's not see, he's not mad about the other people not coming to thank him. He's like telling the guy, "Don't worry about thanking me." Like, I didn't even do anything because he's like, "Look, weren't there nine other people? Do you see them coming back?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Him is sassy either way. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Quite the sass master. That's all I have for that. Same, I don't have anything else. Okay, so then now we're going to do Luke 17, verse 20 to 37. Okay, so now more that, you know, he's not staying away from the Jews. This is a random time when Pharisees were asking him, like, when's the kingdom of heaven going to come and the world going to end and we're going to be rewarded? <laughs> I'm going to use that word again. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> and then Jesus is like, shut your face. That day is never going to come. You can't search for it. If you're spending your time, when's it going to come? Whatever, you're, you're going to miss it because that day is right now. That's the time you can do anything that you're wanting to do. Yeah. Yeah, straight up. Because, again, like he said like this kind of stuff before, like, you know, kind of like star stuff crap, you know, all that. Like the, the kingdom of God is all around you. And in this part, he's like within you because you are currently a part of it. Yeah. So enjoy it or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's like shit happens and life goes on. Mm -hmm. Enjoy it while it's here because <laughs> shit does happen. So enjoy. Yeah. 
when the shit's not happening, you know. Because he goes on to like, you know, the the extreme shit that happens, you know, those natural disasters. If you're waiting for that to be your your end of day, like like Noah or lies, like you're not gonna realize it when it happens. Yeah, straight up, straight up. You, you can't know. Yeah. And then he goes even harder into that. You could be sleeping and one of you die. You could be working and just keel over in the middle of the day or something like that. Yeah. It, it, it is so fucking random. It just happens. That's why you gotta live like you're dying. Because you are. <laughs> we are all fucking dying. Yeah. And I can finally say... That I am dying because I am 25 and my cells are regenerating slower than they are dying. Oh. Officially. Welcome to the club. Thanks. <laughs> the death club. Yeah! I've been prepping for this my whole life. Yeah, ready to take death notes. I don't know if I want to fuck with that. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen what happens. Anyways. Yes, yes. So, yeah, the the constant worrying about that, trying to save and preserve what you currently have because of, oh, no, this accident could happen or whatever, and or I, I don't want to lose all that I've earned, these kinds of things. Yeah. It's like you, you're going to lose it because, again, that's inevitable going back to the first section that these things will happen. And yeah. you, like, don't focus more like on how much you lost or can lose or will lose or have lost or whatever but like focus more on what you can add yeah absolutely not personally not like oh i can get more wealth or whatever more like add to this kingdom of heaven (laughs) right exactly what can you bring to the world what do you have to offer i feel like we you and I offer perspective, and I think that's really important because without perspective, it's so easy to make very harsh judgments without considering other people and their side or what other details there are to the story. I This has been a common theme I've been seeing lately, and I think that it's that makes me love what we do even more because I feel like we're adding a very different perspective than what people typically talk about Mm -hmm. in all of these stories. And I love that because I want people to hear that. And I want people to have, to have the idea and the understanding that there's always more to it than what meets the surface, you know, than what meets the eye. And yeah, it's not just black and white. There's so much more than what you've learned in your church and your Bible study or in your support groups from coming out of Christianity, even like on the other swing of things, like there's still so much prejudice and judgment yeah, that doesn't have to be there that comes from trauma and being hurt by the church. And I fucking get it. But being willing to open your mind and understanding different perspectives can be very healing. So... I hope that we can be a resource for people who might be going through some spiritual turmoil. That'd be nice. Yeah. I didn't mean to go off on on that. (laughs) (laughs) Just kind of happened. I don't know where to go from here. (laughs) I don't. Hey, I I think that was it that he said, because then the Pharisees are like, oh, but where are they taken when they're taken? Because Jesus, when he was talking about them dying, is like they're taken. Like in other times when God, you know, requires a soul and he takes it and normal stuff. Yeah. It's like, well, if you really want to know, just look for the birds because they circle death. Yeah. More yeah. non-answered bullshit than <laughs> he's pulling on them. <laughs> yeah. We already know how upset they have been getting mm-hmm. about that. So, you know, I'm sure that doesn't help his case. Yeah. With the plot that people have to murder him. Not just people, the fucking government. <laughs> <laughs> it's official now. Yeah. He is wanted, preferably dead. Oh, I, so I I can't. It was earlier, I said it like it reminded me something later, and it was very much later. Let's just have this note down here. Like having to look inwards to find it. Like, there was a little bit in the section, too, where he's like, you know, I 
not gonna be here long like a flash of lightning like you're you're gonna miss me when i'm gone and if you go searching outside yourself you're not going to find me yeah straight up and i think that's taken more into like oh you know you can't go out into the world you can't that's outside like what it's supposed it's like you're looking inward Mm -hmm. absolutely it goes right into what what you were just talking about there at the end we have to enjoy the time we're here and be present in the time that we're here. Like when people do die, what we have left of them is our memories. Ultimately, that is what we have left. And if you're not being present and in the moment, you're missing all of that. And that's going to be really shitty when that person dies, you know, because you're, you're not going to have memories. So when they when people die, grief is a very long process that never really stops. When you're grieving someone you're thinking back on those memories and that's a very inward process. Grief alone means an inward process. That's the difference between grieving and mourning actually. Mourning is an outward expression. Grieving is an inward expression. You can't mourn the, internally? Nope, cuz that's when it's grief. That is literally the difference between the two. Oh. I only learned that because of grief therapy. <laughs> But it kind of blew my mind because both are very important. You need both. And a lot of people tend to block themselves off from one or the other or both. And that becomes hard and it makes acceptance more difficult. But you, I'm still kind of stuck on like, okay, so you can't like mourn someone in your mind? Like that, that doesn't count? That's not mourning. No, that's not mourning. That's grieving. You're mm. grieving them in your mind. You are because grieving is sorting through all of those internal feelings memories what you remember all of that it's kind of just working through all of that whereas mourning is weeping it's crying it's talking to people about it writing about it um, physically going to a grave site and visiting with them um yeah does that make a little more sense yeah i just it's never, weird isn't it yeah i just i didn't know that shit blew my mind when i learned about it <laughs> i remember like sitting in my bed on this video therapy call and i like got all cross-legged and up in the camera i was like whoa 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 wait so you're <laughs> saying <laughs> yeah but honestly that fact alone is very helpful to your own grieving and mourning process because being able to differentiate between the two and know which you need in any given moment is so good. Mm -hmm. That's how you heal is by knowing, okay, I need to express this. How do I need to express this? And then expressing it because it's by expressing those feelings and working through those feelings and thoughts that allows you to move forward and heal. <laughs> So, yeah, I just think it's interesting mm -hmm. how that kind of all came full circle in today's episode Planned with it. grief. <laughs> Knew it. <laughs> so good at that. No, just got lucky. <laughs> it, it worked out with the planning. Like, oh, okay, we've got up to this far. And it... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I did have one more thing for the last part. Um. Because my Bible note was like, okay, obviously the kingdom of heaven bit that Jesus was talking about couldn't be like a literal correct thing because those Pharisees did not have the kingdom of heaven inside them. Actually, <laughs> they're all Pharisees today, <laughs> and according to their religion, they still have that anyway. Well, yeah, it's in their Bible. <laughs> it says it. In it says notes. it. What is with all these fucking contradictory Bible notes? They're just trying to explain shit and it, it's not working. It doesn't fucking work. They're, You're just contradicting yourself. Yeah. They are They are questioning their Jesus. They're showing like, see, we question what he says. Like, you know, obviously a wise man wouldn't do that. And well, these Pharisees were evil, so they don't have heaven inside them. You know, things like that. Jesus was just trying to relate. Okay, but... You know that the person who wrote that note is a fucking modern Pharisee. You mm -hmm. know. Yeah. 100%. Just like the majority. 
<laughs> and that makes me so sad. It really does. Like, so many people assume that leaving leaving your faith, leaving your religion is just easy and that it's because you never had it. But, like, it's not. That was my whole life for two decades. Over mm -hmm. two decades. Which, to some of you, that may not be a lot. But to a 25-year-old, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a very long time. And it is still years later impacting me like it hurts me to see how many people take this religion and use it the way that they do because when i say that these people are modern day pharisees i fucking mean it if they lived in the time that jesus lived they would deny him they would be the ones killing him these are the things they said to him at the time literally yeah and it hurts me to see that that is mm -hmm. the majority it is the majority Nobody can change my mind on that. We don't have any fucking statistics to tell us that. I'm aware that there are no statistics, so nobody can be right or wrong here. <laughs> but based on the experience of myself and millions of others, the majority of Christians are modern-day Pharisees, and that fucking breaks my heart. Because I also see the ones who actually live by what this is supposed to be. And I see what that means and what that looks like. And it is just not what is presented. It is not what's presented in the mainstream. And that sucks. Christianity does not have to be associated with all this shit. It doesn't. But it is. Mm -hmm. Because the majority just think that they are immune to being a Pharisee. And that's what turned them into Pharisees. They got this superiority complex from being a son of God or a daughter of God. Mm -hmm. And these, but these Pharisees in church are always preached as like, these were, you know, evil things that Jesus got rid of, because we don't mm -hmm. have them anymore. Surprise! <laughs> That's because it was written by Pharisees. <laughs> Sorry, translated, and retranslated, and retranslated, and mistranslated, and mistranslated. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, 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 and here's, here's a hundred bucks to change this word. And make it mean something completely different and condemn several millions of people to damnation. Fuck, dude. I'm getting really heated. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> well, then, then you think about something else, like a favorite part. Oh, oh, okay. So, yeah, I, I think my favorite is the idea that um, Lazarus didn't die. This was a Romeo and Juliet kind of scheme. He took something that made him appear dead to perform this miracle. I mean, this was mm -hmm. his best friend. If somebody's going to go along with something as crazy as that, it's going to be your best friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're the one going to jail with you, you know? That mixed with the opposite idea that this was a death and very impactful on Jesus. It's it's between those two. I can't pick. They're both equally cool and interesting to me. Mm -hmm. um, I always pick two. It's supposed to be one. I can't do that. My brain is not wired that way. Well, it's the same thing. It's just like the, uh, the different possibilities of it. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's my favorite thing, too, because it's like even like going back and trying to piece it together, it's hard to know what John is meaning right there. Yeah, like, it is. I need to read more of whatever else he's written if there's anything else. Yeah, I feel like this is so in-depth, but at the same time so vague. Mm -hmm. in its writing and how it's presented i guess which brought me back to more like the greek stuff is like well i mean that's they wrote it in greek this is they, they're trying to present it like like in the same way that other greek stories are, are written so there would there'd still be a lot of assumptions made for at the time for how their stories and things worked out and played out yeah so i mean that still leads me to a drama like look what we pulled off <laughs> yeah Honestly, yeah. Okay, but on the other hand, experiencing the gravity of grief for the first time from your best friend dying could also make a really good yep. drama. <laughs> See? It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of those things where it's like, damn. We'll never know. We'll know. never know, yeah. See you, pals. Yeah. Catch you later. Hey buddies, Mary here. 
If today's episode sparked something for you or you have questions for us, send us an email at thehighpriestbiblestudy at gmail.com. You can stay up to date on new episodes and merch releases through Instagram or check us out on Facebook if that's more your style at The Hybel Study. That's at the H-I-G-H-B-L-E study. Check out our subreddit, r slash the high priest for references to some things that we've talked about in various episodes as well as some memes. We also have a threadless shop, shop.thehighpriest.show. There's almost always new merch popping up there, so be sure to check back regularly. If you want to and can responsibly donate, but have enough merch, buy us a coffee. Buyusacoffee.com slash the H-I-G-H-B-L-E study. You can donate once or you can choose to donate monthly. Money donated helps us to improve the show and make it better for you as the listener. Or if you want to just make it all that much more simple, all of these links are on our website, thehighpriest.show. Every link I've already mentioned, as well as some different platforms that you can listen to the show on. Rate us and leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. And don't forget to subscribe so that you get notified of new episodes directly from the platform that you listen on. Besides, it's that much easier to share with your friends when it's at the top. Thanks again for listening. We appreciate you, and I'll catch you in the next episode.